and welcome to a Monday edition of the Field of 68's Best Bets show, presented, of course, by Bet Rivers. This is usually the three-man weave hosting the mm-hmm. show, but man, it is only two of us today. I'm Jim Rudin, joined by Kai McEwen. Maddie Cox is sailing his life away out on the ocean right now, having himself a yacht day. Kai, he gets one best bet right on Saturday, and he thinks he deserves a vacation. It's ridiculous. I know. Well, his unit size is like a million dollars, so it makes sense, Jim. It's nice of him to take a bunch of people out on the yacht in Florida. <laughs> He's a good guy. Why not us? Why not us, though? That's no, no, he doesn't like us. He doesn't like us, Jim. Uh, Kai, quick, yesterday or Saturday, any takeaways? Actually, we, we don't have to be quick. It's a smaller slate, and there's only two of us. Yeah. So what do you got? Well, Jim, let's talk. Let's talk about Juwan Howard. Let's talk about the Michigan-Wisconsin thing. We got because everyone's talking about it. Who cares? Yeah, Wisconsin covered. <laughs> Normal game, right? Like, there's no... Normal game. Uh, my take, yeah, Juwan Howard's at fault. Come on. I don't know how you can defend his actions. He mushed a guy in the face, punched a guy, whatever you want to call what he did. Yeah, you shouldn't do that, man. I mean, I don't care what happened. He he's at fault. He should be suspended. He will be case closed. Boom. Done. Yeah. Kai, the whole like Vic, not victim blaming, but like, well, he, he had to do that because he was touched or, or whatever is it's absurd. Come on. I, I don't know that yeah. the, the escalation from where it was, you know, maybe Greg guard took it from like a one to a three sure. and Howard took it to an 11. Like you, you yeah. just can't do that. And uh, the, the After Dark show did a great job last night. I, I recommend people go back and watch that segment with Doug Gottlieb, Randolph Childress, John Fanta, and Rob Douster. Discussed it really well. Douster made the point of, of how it's going to affect the kids. Diabate is going to get suspended because his coach couldn't contain himself. That is good point. That's a shame. It's really, really dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, Juwan, you can't do it. You can't do it. Yeah. Especially guys that's already had run-ins with, with coaches in the handshake line before, with Turgeon mm-hmm. and, and other stuff in the past. So yeah. bad, bad news. Kai, I also want to give a, a tip of the cap to King Kendrick, Mr. Uh, Kendrick Davis was absolutely on fire last night. Came back from an ankle injury, put up 27 for the, the SMU Mustangs to sweep Memphis. Mm-hmm. Kind of thought we'd get a better Memphis performance there with, you know, the, the revenge angle. It's the, the DeAndre Williams edition of Memphis. They've been playing well. And they got spanked in the second half. Really impressive by the ponies. It was indeed, Jim. I, does this crush Memphis's tournament hopes? Uh, they still got to. They can still sweep Houston, likes. and yeah, but their backs very much against the wall right now. They they really yeah. could have used that one. Good for King Kendrick. We want him in our tournament, don't we? He's going to be yeah, ah, yeah. Sweet Sixteen Kendrick on the one shiny moment. Uh, I can already see it now, Jim. I so I thought he was in trouble because he he's had an ankle injury. He made a three, mm-hmm. and somebody got under him on a landing, and he went and talked mm-hmm. to the ref, and he's like, "That come on, you got to protect me a little bit." And he immediately made like two more threes after that, so it's fine. Uh, all right. Let's go to the rundown today. Do Not it. an elite slate, but it's, you know, it's a big Monday. We've got some okay games here. Kai, we've got a top five-ish, top ten-ish team in the country here. Baylor heading on the road to Oklahoma State. A bit of a revenge spot. The Cowboys won in Waco in the first meeting. Don't really know what we're going to get in terms of lineups here. We've got Cryer and Flagler are questionable after they missed this weekend. We know JTT is still out. Mm-hmm. So Baylor basically played six guys over the weekend. Do they need one of Flagler or Cryer back? Or do you trust that that powerful six that they had that already won a road game here? Yeah, and that was impressive, right? They, they won on the road without those guys, uh, up, which up was like proves that in the second half. Yeah. And Sohan had a huge game. He missed that first one in Waco. Uh, now that game that per Haslam metrics, our dude Eric Haslam, second worst performance all season by Baylor in that game against Oklahoma State. Ten for thirty from two. 8 for 28 from 3, 0.83 points per possession. I mean, terrible, terrible, terrible. But I tend to think Baylor gets back here. 
This is one of the best teams in the country. Even without Cryer and Flagler, so many weapons. Uh, they're up 21 on TCU with four minutes to go. Like, TCU shouldn't even cover that game. That's how scary that, that performance door, was. Backdoor, baby. Yeah, and we know Oklahoma State's scoring issues. They play ugly offense. They have to make it physical, have to make it a slog. I think Baylor rises above that today. Um, so I lean towards their way, even shorthanded. Yeah, Musa Cisse got banged up uh, over this weekend for Oklahoma State. That's big for the interior defense. Kai, you mentioned the 10 for 30 inside the arc shooting. Uh, Kai, you know what shot quality scored that game, Baylor and Oklahoma State? Baylor won. <laughs> Baylor won by 11. Yeah. It was apparently yeah. a uh, 83% of the time Baylor wins based on the shots. I think that is more indicative of the mismatch between these two. I'm leaning towards Baylor. Laying five on the road is tough without knowing Flagler and Cryer's status. Yeah. I'm hoping it's gone up. Slash price has gone up. Yeah. Hoping slash guessing we get one of those in there. Maybe somebody mm-hmm. knows. That's part of why it could be going up. But uh, yeah, I, I think Baylor gets their revenge. Okay, next on the slate, we go to Big Ten country. Matt, not even here to talk about his alma mater. <laughs> what a you. shame. The IU Hoosiers heading on the road to Ohio State, who themselves are coming off a home loss to Iowa over the weekend. Uh, Kai, the number felt a little steep, but I, I wanted to back Buckeyes off a loss and against Indiana on the road, who has been poor this season. Yeah, and I was I was trying to do some math, you know, like I like to do. I love math. Uh, do you? <laughs> this, that, yeah, yeah, we're county majors, okay. Jim. We have masters in accounting. How about that flex? Uh, Indiana was minus three and a half. They closed minus three and a half at Indiana. Implies it should be around a three or four point spread for Ohio State at home. But Jim, no fantasy. Indiana sucks on the road. Okay, now you kind of start to believe six and a half. It was seven at one point uh, this morning. It was a little bit too high. I liked it at seven. Yeah, you hate the Ohio State angry motivation off the loss to Iowa. Ohio State lost to Indiana already as well, but IU off those four straight losses, there's motivation on both sides here. They need this win or really want this win for the NCAA tournament. But Jim, I'm kind of worried about the chemistry. Does Is that Chicago boys night out thing? Is that really hurting them internally? They haven't won since. Yeah, it, it seems like it is, Kai. It doesn't, doesn't feel like the same Indiana team and they don't have the like, elite guard play to, to survive without cohesion. Like they need to produce shots in the half court. They need to be playing together and it doesn't seem like they are. Uh, Ohio state can battle TJD. They've got some good matchups for him. Now it goes both ways. I guess the TJD and race yep. are two, two good guys to defend uh, EJ Liddell, but yeah, I don't know the way Malachi Branham has been playing. I, I like his emergence as a second banana to Liddell mm-hmm. in the backcourt. Uh, this is a, a definite, I want to back Ohio State, but number isn't quite in the ballpark. Like I made it lower than six and a half. I don't want to lay above my number here. So unfortunately, yeah. Kai, I am forced to stay away. I'm in the same boat as you, Jim. Same boat. Yeah. Oh, Matt's Indiana, on a boat. Yeah. We're all on boats. Yeah. That's true. Yep. I prefer his boat. It seems better. Yeah, it does. Uh, Indiana one in seven against the spread on the road this year. It's yeah, that's not good. No, no bueno. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, to Big 12 country, another reeling, struggling matchup here. Kai, both these teams are kind of in the hurt locker right now. West Virginia has lost nine of 10. TCU has lost three in a row. West Virginia, Kai, they've been a dog in nine of those games, one and eight against the spread in those, wow. in those nine games. That's a stat. Underdog, yeah, really struggled lately. Not, not, not been that competitive. That's a problem. Uh, first meeting between these two, though, so no historical matchup lens to look through, no revenge angle here. How do you see this one? Yeah, I was kind of surprised to see. So bracket matrix prior to the games on Saturday, still at TCU at a nine seed. So right now you think maybe they're around 10 or 11. So they're still in the field right now and, and something to play for, for sure. I think West Virginia has kind of called it. Uh, they, they're just sad right now. You mentioned the ATS 
uh, uh, numbers last few games here. TCU's been playing at a different level the past few weeks. Th- those three straight losses aren't that bad. I mean, at Baylor, at Texas Tech, I believe, and, and the gauntlet of a schedule they've been yeah. facing these last couple of days has been tough. Now you get a winnable game at home. I think it's going to be theirs, and they're going to dominate the glass. Number one offensive rebound rate in the country versus 350th best defensive rebounding rate. It's going to be a beatdown. The one thing, Eddie Lampkin, TCU's big man, uh, really good player. He's having a great year. He went down against Baylor. He said on Twitter he's okay. I think he's going to play, but still something to watch out for. Yeah, he's a monster. He's one of those just like ginormous dudes that Mm -hmm. uh, dominates, throws his weight around inside. I think that's a big part of that offensive rebound domination. So if he's not able to play that, that hurts that match of edge. Kyle, looking at Mike Miles, he hasn't been that great over this three-game stretch, especially at home against K-State. That was the bad loss or quote-unquote bad loss of the stretch, and he was completely ineffective. So the fact that he's been struggling has me a little bit concerned, but he's not struggling anywhere near as much as basically all of West Virginia. So this one's probably TC or nothing for me. I'm not actually betting it, but I want the Horned Frogs to get it done. I want them in the field. They've been a little bit more respectable Mm -hmm. than West Virginia has. All right, Kai, time to go west. This one's good. Heading to the Pacific Northwest. That's right. Seattle hosting New Mexico State. This one is for whack supremacy. Another shame that Matt is not around to talk about. He, he loves his mm-hmm. Red Hawks. He, he made the prediction like a month ago that they would win the whack. It seemed crazy yep. then, but they've got a home game to do it here, Kai. New Mexico State has taken a little money up to two and a half from one and a half. And the over has taken some money too, which I really agree with. I, I think there's going to be points abound in this one. New Mexico State won big in the first meeting, crushed them mm-hmm. on the glass. Do you see that happening again here? Uh, no one's talking about Chris Victor at Seattle, their coach, in terms of coach of the year, mid-major coach of the year. I mean, 21 and 6, 12 and 2 in the whack. This team is way overperforming expectations. They're, they've been fantastic. Yeah, that first game uh, was, was a beatdown. New Mexico State controlled it. They need this game to get into first place. They lose. Uh, or excuse me, if they if they lose the split with Seattle, if they win, it's a sweep controlling uh, the whack. Uh, completely shut down Seattle's offense in the first game, except Trammell, who got his, as usual, 26 points in that game. Everyone else barely scored. I, I think the Mexico State is locked in right now. They're, they're by far the best team in the whack. Super talented, high major players. Teddy Allen might be player of the year. Unstoppable when he gets going. Seattle at home, though, Jim, is my only concern. This is a long travel in the whack. New Mexico State, obviously up to Seattle. They're 10-5 and five against the spread at home. And the Aggies' two losses this year in conference play were on the road. Yeah, the travel is, is not just bad because they're going there. They're going straight from Grand Canyon. Just played their rival, dominated them on the road. 48 hours later, they're up in the Pacific Northwest. Seattle was at home on Saturday, so they don't have to do any travel. <clears throat> and, Kai, the, the home court advantage, I think, is a lot stronger because this one's at the Red Hawk Arena, the tiny little on-campus one. This isn't at Climate Pledge the big cavernous one where they played a couple home games. So I do think that helps Seattle. <clears throat> Excuse me. A little bug in the throat. Bless there. you. Yeah. We don't have Matt around to, to fill time. Well, you and I clear our throats, unfortunately, uh, but I'm with you, Kai. I, I think the, the money's moving it the right direction, both on the total and the side. I'm nervous about laying it. And I also have a, a New Mexico state whack future. So I'm kind of, that's basically my bet on this game is that I'm uh, banking on New Mexico state to get the win for that yeah. purpose. Mm-hmm. So just going to cheer for the Aggies, not put any extra coin on it. Yeah. Probably lean Seattle number, honestly, a little bit, just a little Do bit. You? Okay. A little bit. Yeah. A little All bit. Right. 
All right, let's get to our first section of chat mob. Hopefully not a, a crazy amount of questions because of the lack of games today, but yeah. what do we got here, Kai? Well, we'll start off from Lake Show and a couple other people. Don't want to not give credit to everybody. UTEP at Middle Tennessee, plus five and a half for UTEP. And Jim, honestly, I was kind of leaning towards UTEP on the number, but Middle Tennessee has been a wagon against the spread. They are the best ATS team in the entire country this there year. There you go. So, yeah, uh, that'll do it. I, I saw Bart Torvik put out his algorithmic coach of the year rankings, Kai, and this is nationally. It had Nick McDevitt like sixth, just based on, I think, exceeding of expectations and, and their, their, their rise. Yeah, I mean, he was a great coach at Asheville, and we kind of wondered what had happened because Middle Tennessee was circling the drain before this year. But he's been really good. Middle Tennessee has been really good. UTS, or excuse me, UTEP still without Keontae Kennedy. Yep. I think that matters a little bit. So uh, it's probably middle Tennessee or nothing at five and a half. I prefer five or four and a half. So probably yep. nothing for me. Uh, a lot of people asking about Florida state and Boston college, Florida state minus one and a half on the road here. I saw that uh, Leonard Hamilton, he expects Raquan Evans to possibly play. He's more confident in him playing than Caleb Mills and in, in, infer implying that Mills is out of this game. That's huge. And yeah, the spread is super short, Jim it's Boston college, but you need those guys in the lineup, I think. And Polite, who knows? He might, he's probably out again, too. Yeah, I think Polite's out for the year. Out for the year, uh, he, yeah. He had surgery. Osborne's out for the year. McLeod's still out. Legitimately, five Tough. starters. Like, five yeah. guys that have starters have been uh, missed that Duke game. So, no no surprise that Duke ran away in the second half. Uh, man, I, I don't have a strong one here, Kai. This like mm. The number's crazy for programs, uh, for, for where they've been. Yep. Yep. But just the incredible injuries that FSU's been going through. Their only win was against a similarly shorthanded Clemson team at this point. So I might even lean towards Boston college as crazy as that sounds. Yeah. I mean, say they win, they, I could, I could see them winning this game for sure. Uh, hey, how about Marshall minus six at Southern uh, Southern miss keep, keep thinking Marshall might be creeping back and then they just go and they suck again. So I don't have a dog in this fight, Jim, I, I, not even a lean. Southern Do you have miss. a favorite in this fight? <laughs> I don't want to touch Southern Miss. I don't want to touch Marshall. So it's kind of a big stay away for me in general. Yeah, I, I kind of like the over. Um, my numbers told me to bet Southern Miss a lot recently, and I have realized that my number stinks because betting Southern Miss is bad. Uh, they have not been very good against the number. Marshall coming off getting absolutely crushed by Charlotte. But yeah, I think this would be over if I had to wager something in this one. Uh, Lonti's best bet of the day is Howard. Minus seven and a half against Coppin State. Uh, not a huge feel in this one, Jim. I probably felt a tad high, if anything, for me. Not a lot of travel, Baltimore to D.C. Number seems a bit high. I don't know. Yeah, and I, we don't know what we're getting with Corbett and Zarzuela, the two best Zarzuela, I think Zarzuela's probably out. Corbett in this last game, and he's yep. he's emerged into like a megastar, almost like a Miak Oscar Shibwe, 6'7", 180-sized Oscar Shibwe. So mm-hmm. without him, I think that's that's an issue. I, I get the, the Howard being a lean there. Pounded Sports says Holy Cross Lafayette. Holy Cross is plus six. My number is always against Lafayette, but they've admittedly been solid. But Holy Cross has beaten basically everyone in the Patriot. They're almost 500 in the league, which is nuts to me. And they beat Holy Cross, or excuse me, they beat Lafayette in game one. I lean towards Holy Cross here, plus six. I do too. I think revenge is a little scary. Neil Quinn should go absolutely bananas inside. He's just too big for anybody on Holy Cross, but. Yeah. They've been really, really feisty, so I, I, I think six is maybe a, a, just a hair too high. Jim, anything on Norfolk State going to Morgan State? Minus four and a half for Norfolk. It's come down just a tad. 
Yeah, my number really has liked Morgan a lot lately, ever since they got Malik Miller back. And they were really competitive this weekend with with uh, with Howard in that like all star game, uh, kind of like HBCU special that they played with ended up losing late. But I think that team's kind of on the upswing and will we'll trend mm-hmm. up towards the NCAA tournament. Love Norfolk, <laughs> but I think that should be closer to a pick em. So numerically, just have to lean towards the Bears. Uh, Southern Utah, Northern Arizona from Matthew Flagstaff's tough place to play. I believe it's at altitude. Um, who knows how far, I don't know how far it is from, uh, from Southern Utah, but it can't be too far. I don't know. Uh, minus six though, felt a tad short to me. I don't give NAU a whole lot of credit though, Jim. That's just me. Yeah. I, I had this a little bit higher as well. Um, the travel is the only thing that's kind of spooking me off and going to mm-hmm. altitude, uh, having to go from, I guess they played at home. Southern Utah did on Saturday. Now uh, they got to go down to, to Northern Arizona, Northern Arizona for their part has to come back from Portland state, but they didn't play over the week. Tough. Yeah, yeah, okay. So it's not the 48 hour turnaround. They've got like four days, haven't played since Thursday. So situationally it's probably better for NAU, but yeah. lean towards Southern Utah. They're just better. All right. Let's hold for the rest of these, Jim, get back to the rundown. All right, let's do it. Kai Penn state at Maryland talking big 10 here. Penn state has been on kind of an under kick lately. Really slowing the game down, controlling the tempo for the last five have gone under. Maryland, meanwhile, had that ridiculous almost 200-point shootout with Iowa. Had some some points scored lately. So that's definitely kind of a split on the on the total. I actually wrote up the under for Action Network. I lean that way. I think Penn State's been great at controlling the tempo. And their pick-and-roll offense can be defended by, uh, especially when Maryland goes a little smaller with Julian Reese at center, they can switch basically everything. And that's tough for the Nittany Lions to score. Kai, do you have anything here, side or total? Yeah, uh, I'm, I wasn't aware of Penn State six and nine in the Big Ten. They finished seven and twelve last year under Ferry, top forty team in Kempom. They're not that much worse than last season, um, but they're not good on the road, Jim. Penn State sucks on the road, three and five against the spread, one outright win in Big Ten on the road uh, versus eight and five against the spread at home. Maryland, they are a very tough team to nail down. They're high variance. They're hot and they're cold. But they're yes, then they're no. They're, they're yes, they're no. They're up, yeah. <laughs> uh, but if you look at talent wise, Ayala and Russell, two most talented players in the floor, at least at least scorers on the floor in this game. Harar has an answer with Wahab in the middle. I think Maryland can can contain them, especially at home. Minus three seems like a pretty short spread to me. I like Maryland here. Yeah, I, after the Iowa game, I was like, oh, Maryland seems like they've quit. Like, they're done. Right. They've got the interim coach. Ayala sat out for the Purdue game. Mm-hmm. Didn't know what was going on, but they were really competitive at Purdue. Nearly won that game outright. Yeah. Beat Nebraska by almost 30. Like, they destroyed them. So that that was enough signs of life for me, Kai, where I don't think they're just kind of rolling over at this point. Mm-hmm. And as feisty as Penn State has been, like you said, it hasn't been the same on the road. I lean towards the Terps here. Um, I, I think that that would be the side for me. All right, moving on down, going to Louisville, North Carolina. Speaking of coaches with an interim coach or teams with an interim coach that may have quit, Louisville, Kai, they are headed to North Carolina. There's certainly some revenge here after the poorly officiated game. That's right. At the Yum Center, maybe that will be what gets the the Cardinals up and Adam for this one. North Carolina is still playing for the tournament lives. Just picked up a Q1 win over the weekend at Virginia Tech. Pretty impressive. They hadn't done that on the road yet so far this year. Kai, do you think they can blow out Louisville? I mean, this is a high spread for these two programs, but yeah, it's Louisville right now. I think it's high. Can we trust Louisville? They showed up against Clemson. They, they showed up. They won. Malik Williams started that game. He had a yeah, good game. Played well. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Samuel Williamson played, but no Matt Cross. 
apparently Matt Cross in the doghouse now. He's just being sat and barely playing. So it's, there's it's a rotating spot in the doghouse. Yeah. Them. There's still issues inside the locker room for Louisville. Generally, you want to stay away from those teams. But then you ask the question, can you trust UNC? Well, up until this weekend, I would say no. But that massive season-saving win over Virginia Tech, get him on the right side of the bubble in some uh, in some bracketologist's opinions, that was huge. So now they're back on the right track. They're at home. Yeah, game one was overtime. Louisville has the revenge factor here. But I, I think UNC has a lot more to play for right now. Probably has a lot more confidence heading into this game. But like you said, nine and a half points, that's a lot. I, I wouldn't feel comfortable either way in this game. Yeah, you like it's gotta be a blowout for you to cover on the favorite, but then if you're on the dog, you're like, oh yeah, I definitely think Louisville will be engaged, which they should be uh, against a team that had that frustrating win and they are coming off a victory. So maybe there is a little confidence for Louisville. But yeah, this one's it's it's hard to touch this. Really, any Louisville games for me down the stretch are, are probably just too high variance with, with motivation and, and the coaching and honestly who's playing because the in and outs of their lineup. So I will stay away from that one as well, Kai. Uh, all right. Loyal Chicago headed to Illinois state, the Ramblers, Kai, they are now tied in the loss column in the Missouri Valley. They need this one to keep pace with Northern Iowa. They yeah, play wow. Northern Iowa on Saturday. Look ahead to basically the game for the regular season. They're coming off a loss to Drake. Got, got kind of pounded at home by the Bulldogs. Swept, swept by Drake. Yeah. Wow. So do you think this is more revenge, or, or excuse me, not revenge, but angry, awful loss Loyola, or looking ahead to big, big game versus Northern Iowa Loyola? Yeah, I, I tend to lean towards I, uh, Loyola here. Excuse me. Um, I think they win by 10, spreads around there. Uh, this is a two-hour drive down I-55. There's not a lot of... Uh, travel here obviously Sounds like a song kai you should write down i-55 yeah something like that two hour drive <laughs> yeah. illinois state two straight covers though jim they 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 weren't affected apparently with dan miller uh off the sidelines the last five have been within single digits they're a scrappy team even with outside chapman in the lineup but will won this first game by 14 they scored easily illinois state did not i think they repeat that and i think you get an, an, an angry Loyola team, again, with not much travel here, not much home court. I lean towards Loyola. Yeah, I, I think it's more like I don't think they're going to be looking ahead coming off a loss. I, no. I think they're like, we need to get right. This is a Fighting team that, that can one do seed. it against. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think there's going to be an engaged Loyola and honestly probably a little embarrassed with what happened in front of their home crowd against Drake. So I think they go to Illinois State, take out a team that is shorthanded. You mentioned Chapman's injury. That's big. Uh, I, I'm, I'm with the Ramblers there. I think they win big on the road. Okay, last one, Kai, on the outline, and it is one of my best bets here, so excited about that. Mm. Arizona State headed to UCLA. First game was a triple overtime thriller. Sun Devils pulled it out in Tempe. I could have actually attended the second half of that game, but I I was going to miss most of it. (laughs) Didn't realize it was going to go to triple overtime and basically be three halves of basketball, so I didn't attend. Uh, Kai, Johnny Juzang missed this weekend Mm -hmm. after falling off a scooter. That's why he missed. That's that why he missed it. That is, you can't make this stuff up, says Good Nick Cronin. It is insane. Uh, uh, he could be back for this one. What do you think? How do you see this matchup shaping up? Well, a really nice bounce back for UCLA after that USC loss. Washington State, they beat by 20. Washington, they beat by 26 without you, Zhang. They're up to eight in Kempom right now. I'm not sure. I think they're the number eight I team in the country. A little, little fraudy. Yeah. But Arizona State, man, this, this past month, Five and one against the spread in February. They, they beat UCLA. They beat Washington State. They beat Oregon. Uh, they've been looking very, very good, at least 
feisty and competitive enough to stick within 13 and a half points, which does feel like a lot, Jim. Obviously, UCLA has a triple overtime game in their mind, but that cuts both ways. Arizona State knows it can compete with UCLA for 50 minutes, 55 minutes. Uh, and if there is no Juzang, and if Hawkes is still limited, just 17 minutes last game for him, and if Cody Riley's out again, then Arizona State starts to look more, more appetizing here. Yep. Uh, Michael Zhang just says Jim is going to take Arizona State. He's You're right. wrong. No, just kidding. You're right. <laughs> Arizona State plus 13 and a half, one of my best bets. Kai, yeah. Marion Jackson has averaged 16, 5, and 4 over the Good. last like five or so games. Good. Coming off the bench, he's emerged into like an actual good player, which we figured he, he would be. Yeah, <laughs> Mac player of the year last year at Toledo. Yeah. He's a monster. Uh, I, I think they can hang around too. I like the confidence from the first game. And if you get no Juzang against this interior defense, like the, the ASU interior defense is no joke. Mm-hmm. And if you're missing your best shot maker in Juzang, that, that plays really well for ASU. I, I think they're able to hang around here, keep this one close. Love plus 13 and a half, one of my best bets there. All right, before we get to my other best bet and your best bet, yes, might MS. come from the same game. Oh, wow. Exciting. Interesting. Yeah, we're going to see that. Uh, let's, yeah, before Matt's too, let's get to Chat Mob section two. Folks, hit the like button while you're here. Definitely appreciate that. All right, Kai, what kind of questions do we have? Let's start with one from Michael, Georgia Tech at Syracuse, plus eight and a half Georgia Tech. It feels a little high to me. That's just my initial gut reaction. I got no analysis, Jim, on this game. That's exactly the way I felt, Kai, but I don't know about Georgia Tech's own offense. Like, it's a lot of just DeVoe shooting, and I'm not sure he's going to get open threes against the Syracuse defense. So purely on a number perspective, I was a heavy Yellow Jackets lean, and they did whip Pitt this weekend. So they showed some some signs of life, some promising uh, performance there. But it's just scary with the way Syracuse can shoot in the zone. I don't know if Georgia Tech can handle it. So if you want to go by the numbers play, it would be Georgia Tech, but not strong. Georgia Tech doesn't scream great zone team to me. Uh, Wolf's best bet in the chat is Liberty minus 11 and a half at Central Arkansas. Yeah, they're definitely capable of winning by that much, but Central Arkansas has been no slouch in the A-Sun, surprisingly. I thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in the country. They've been scrappy. Yeah, coming into the new league, it was like, oh, they're they're screwed. Like coming from the south end, a, a good A-Sun, that's tough. They've they battled Liberty coming off like a well, – I guess they had the, the North Florida loss, which was a little – baffling North Florida was shorthanded still lost to him I also kind of like the over here Liberty playing much faster in league play not the crawling team you expect from a Tony Bennett disciple Central Arkansas is like always lacing up their track shoes they, they yep. want an up and down game as much as possible so slightly into the over um, that's about it though uh, a barn burner of a game here Eastern Illinois SIU Edwardsville no there's not a lot of travel here either uh, these two teams play, and SIUE is a eight-point favorite, which to me feels a bit high. But I'm looking at the under in this game, Jim. Uh, I, I, I think – now it's down to 126, so market agrees, and it's super low. But without Rayshon Taylor in the lineup, that's seven games, six and one to the under for SIUE. They, they just cannot score without him. And you know EIU is not scoring. Yeah, not, not a good scoring team. Kai, I, have you seen what this number has done? This opened like 11 and a half. It really people wow. have pounded Eastern Illinois this is another one. I wrote it for action. I was, as I was writing it, it was just like ticking down. I was like, man, I'm, I'm trying to write this as fast as I can so that I can submit it and get the best possible, uh, possible number there. But eight might be the very, very long limit, uh, a low limit of what I would take this at maybe for like a half unit still lean their way. They got Kashan Charles back. He did not play in the first meeting. So lean their way with Taylor out and Charles in uh, question in the chat. What is my hat? 
Bucks, champions. Oh, I thought he was asking me. I, oops, I answered my. I, mine's a weave hat, three man weave. They're sold out. You thought, too bad. Jim, what is your hat was directed to you? I mean, it's two man show. We're, we're scrambling. Here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. What else we got in the, in the chat questions, Scott? Uh, from Lonti again, Idaho State, who has been finally good recently, is, uh, is going to Northern Colorado for a bit of a rematch here. Northern Colorado lost to Idaho State. Now they're a 13 and a half point favorite, Jim. Is this angry bears? Do we get the bears coming out and just ripping the bangles? Bear versus bangle in real life. Interesting matchup. We'll talk about that one later, Jim. Oh, okay. Will we? Um, I, I, I kind of just thought over here, Kai, I think there's gonna be a lot of points. Idaho State's playing a little bit faster, more capable of scoring lately, but yeah, sidewise, I would probably lean towards Northern Colorado. I think they're better. I think maybe the resurgence from Idaho State's a little bit of an aberration, so I would I would lean towards Bears, Kai, both in a real life fight yeah. and in this matchup. Yeah, Tiger versus Bear. Hmm. Probably Bear. I guess they weigh more. Uh, Ryan A asks about Texas Southern and Pine Bluff. Hmm. Interesting matchup here. I don't have much here, Jim. Nine point spread on the road. Don't think Pine Bluff's home court matters a whole lot. Texas Southern clearly a much better team. Do you have anything in this game? A uh, little bit of a lean to Texas Southern. I, I just think they're better, but they're kind of, you know, up in the wind of whether they're locked in to actually blow somebody out or not. I don't really trust their coach, Johnny Jones. That makes me hesitant there. Uh, and then G Martinez, Evansville at Valparaiso. Full disclosure here. My best bet was almost Evansville plus eight and a half. I really oh, thought about brave, it. Man. I gave it a lot of looks. They still have Newton. Well, at least, to my knowledge, it's impossible to find information on Newton and Evansville. Uh, but I just thought the spread was too high. Now, Valpo killed them in the last game at Evansville. Saturday, but just two days yeah, ago. Saturday. But it doesn't mean that they're going to cover eight and a half here. I think it's a little bit too much here. It's not my best bet, but it's the way I lean. Yeah, I'm not touching this. Valpo didn't have Kithier on Saturday, which should have helped Evansville, and yeah. it didn't matter. Without Newton, they've been pretty lifeless, except when they play Indiana State. Uh, all right, a couple more coming in here. Alabama State and Bethune-Cookman. I lean towards Alabama State, Jim. I was almost surprised they weren't a favorite in this game. Kai, I think that was the ultimate I-have-no-take game for me. Okay. So listen to you. Right, yeah, listen to me. I'm definitely right on that one. Uh, <laughs> Alabama A&M at Ford A&M. Uh, again, not many swag takes today from me. Ford A&M, the better team, but they're minus six. I've got nothing. I thought under, but Ford A&M's defense hasn't been as good as I thought it would be this year, especially under Jones. He's, he's a great defensive coach, but I still lean that way. I, I think that they're, they should trend that way. There should be a slower game. Alabama A&M does not play fast. So I lean under in the A&M battle. I, I, Scott, Scott's got a good point. The tiger gets behind the bear. I think the tiger's got it. I, I'm going tiger in a fight between a tiger and a bear. Uh, but last game oh, here, San, Fran- San Francisco, North, they're very agile. San Francisco is going to Pacific 13 points is a lot. I know Pacific is maybe still the worst ATS team in the country. Down there. Uh, they're down there. But 13 points for our Dons, Jim? What do you think? That's it's a little high. I mean, if you like San Francisco, you could lay it because I think that is a team that is aware of the spread projection. Maybe not the, the spread, Definitely. but the Kenton projection. Yep. The analy- like needing to outperform <clears throat> analytics to get those metrics up for NCAA tournament selection. Mm-hmm. So if you like San Francisco, you go that way. But Pacific's just been a little bit feistier. They beat BYU at home. I I think they're not as horrific anymore. Uh, I know Matt would be on this show making that exact case. Mr. Loves, loves Pacific. It's another tiger, Kai. Another tiger tiger versus Don. Can a tiger beat a Don? 
What is it, Don? I'm not entirely sure. Like a mafia boss? That, that, yeah, that yeah, a tiger can beat a mafia boss for sure. Yeah. No, because the mafia boss has so many minions with guns that can just shoot. Them. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> it's the Dons. All right. Uh, that does it for round two of the chat mob. Best bet section, Jim. Do you want me to kick it off? Uh, yeah. Why don't you? Let's do it. Guys, we're going with the Citadel. Plus seven. Ooh, very exciting. Uh, Samford is about as high as value as possible right now. They've been playing great. Uh, Bucky McMillan has his team firing on all cylinders. They almost have almost up to 20 wins, I think, on the season. Very impressive. But Citadel's not bad. They've hung in there the last few games with very good competition. SoCon's a great league. They proved they can beat Sanford already. Uh, they, they beat him in a very high-scoring game, 200 points in that first game, uh, and they, they, they smashed him. I think they can hang around here. I don't think they're going to win outright, but seven's too high here. So Citadel plus seven, best bet. Time on the over in that one. Yeah. I, you, you mentioned the first one had 200 points. The first half had 104 points or something. <laughs> I mean, it might have been 107. Both teams yeah. were over 50 at halftime. 77 possessions. Neither team is great defensively. I think we see another up and down game more than this, uh, the projected possessions. I'm with you. I like the over. So that's my two bet. That's two best bets. I have that one and Arizona State plus 13 and a half. And Matt's best bet, Kai, is. Oh, nice. <laughs> yes. Indiana, Indiana State. <laughs> yeah, he, he wants it written he down. He wrote it down. We give yeah. it written down. Uh, I believe he would make the case for Drake coming off that outstanding near-perfect performance at Loyola, coming back home, maybe a little bit of a letdown spot against Indiana State, who's well-coached, can be feisty. The offense has been horrific in league play, but perhaps mm-hmm. they're able to put it together uh, in, a, in a tougher spot for the Bulldogs who are, who are at the top of the league. So Sycamores plus 10.5 for Matt. Yeah, that feels like an ISU spot, Jim. Just like an unexpected cover, a really good game from them. Yeah, yeah. good job, Matt. Way to go. Hope you hit. We'll see. Yeah, he'll have himself his 10th cocktail of the day if it hits, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, all right, that is it for the show. Uh, I believe we hit every game in the chat. So thank you all for stopping in. Make sure to hit the like button on your way out. Thank you to Bet Rivers for pres- presenting the show and sponsoring. Thank you to Field of 68 and Dagan Hughes, our producer behind the scenes. Behind the scenes, where he prefers to lurk. Uh, but we will be back <laughs> same time tomorrow, Tuesday. Matt will be back with his elite input and best bets. So stick around. We'll see you then for now though. Enjoy Monday night and watch the bracketology show at 6 p.m. Eastern. See ya.